my name is John, and welcome to the Tech Leader Pro Podcast. It is week 29 of 2023, Friday the 21st of July. You're very welcome. This week, I want to discuss why you should never accept statistics on face value. My teams, we deal with very large volumes of data, but in a controlled ecosystem. And even with those controls in place, I regularly see statistical reports from different sources that contradict each other on the same topic, which is naturally a bit frustrating. I like to joke that everyone has their own reports based on their own copies of the data about the same topic. So depending on who you ask, you get a different set of results, you get a different answer. And in general, it makes me very wary about just accepting uh, statistical reports on, on base value. We should never ever blindly trust statistical reports. The reason for this is simple. People produce the reports, and with the best will in the world, people are flawed. Usually that flaw in question is bias. People want to report on what they want you to believe. They don't necessarily want to report on something that makes them look bad. So they want you to believe that they've done a good job. They want you to believe that they're succeeding. They want you to believe that they are correct. And that's the bias typically that will color a lot of the reports that you see as a leader or indeed in all aspects of life. So just zooming in as a leader for a second, um, because this is obviously something that comes across my, my virtual desk all the time. Um, I've learned to develop a bit of a framework to, to question these reports. So let me explain um, my framework and um, maybe it'll work for you too. So the first thing I question on is data sources. I want to know what's the, what's the raw data behind the report that I'm seeing. And I want to know how, where did that come from? What is the source of that data? And if the source of the data is not reliable, if it's something that we can't entirely trust, is that data accurate? Is that data relevant? Is that data clean? So that's the first thing I question on as a data source. Secondly, I want to know about the, the loading processes. So you got that raw data and then you loaded it into some system in order to produce this report. How did you load that data? What was the uh, the, the ETL process that you ran? You know, the extract, transform, load process. Um, was that reviewed by somebody? Okay, um, it's another important point, but we'll get to that later. But what was the tooling that you used? What was the algorithm that you used? Did you normalize that data? Did you convert it in any way from one format to another? And in that conversion process, did you lose anything? Thirdly, I want to know who reviewed that loading process. I want to know, was it peer-reviewed? Was it code-reviewed? Um, was it sanity checked? The process that you're following to ingest the data, to massage the data, to normalize the data, to aggregate the data, was all of that reviewed? And who was it reviewed by and when? Fourthly, what is the sample size? What exactly am I looking at? Is this data from one day, one week, one month, one year, decades, hundreds of years, thousands? Depending upon the kind of trend that you're presenting the findings for, 
um, the, the duration of the analysis of that trend is critical. You don't want to make a decision based on a small sample, and within that small sample, you just happen to have a, an outlier. And then you think that outlier is a trend, when then actually it's not. So it's really important to be aligned on the duration of the, the data extraction. And finally, was there a before and after data set analysis performed? So if we're trying to figure out if something has changed, if there's a new trend that's evolved, for example, what's our baseline? What are we comparing against? So you need to have some kind of baseline that you can say, okay, this is the before picture. This is the picture that we have today. And then the analysis is showing, um, you know, line goes up, line goes down, whatever the context happens to be. But are we solid on that baseline? Are we confident that the baseline is accurate? Because especially when it comes to uh, extrapolating uh, from a baseline and trying to predict forward, um, if the baseline is not accurate, you're, you're on very, very shaky grounds. So that's foundational. So to recap, number one, data sources. Number two, what was the loading process? Number three, what's this peer reviewed? Number four, what's the sample size? And number five, before and after data sets. What was the baseline? So you can see in all of this, I'm trying to be as scientific as I can. And I encourage my team to be scientific as well. Because if you put a data statistical report in front of me, I'm going to be asking all these questions. So, you know, I need to have those answers. I need, to, I need you to be prepared to be able to answer. This is the kind of messaging that I, I give to my team. That I'm not just going to accept blindly if you show me a pie chart or a bar chart or, a, you know, a line chart. I'm not just going to nod my head and agree with you and say, oh, yeah, that looks interesting. Um, I want to know how you arrived to that conclusion before I use that report to, uh, you know, make a decision to go left or to go right. I need to be confident that you're confident and I need to be confident that everything you're doing has been thoroughly reviewed. So to put it bluntly, if you accept garbage on face value without questioning it, you will be fed more garbage. This isn't just true in, in business. It isn't just true in product development. It's true in life. If you're spoon-fed garbage and you gobble it down, well, that's on you. And it's one of those aspects in life where it's actually good to be skeptical, challenging, maybe even a little bit difficult, and say, okay, you show me this report, you want me to believe in, in a certain thing, but you got to convince me. you got to go a few layers deeper before I accept what you're saying on face value. And I've seen this uh, all through my career. I've seen a lot of it very recently um, in, my, in my day job. Uh, I've seen a lot of it in life where, you know, you see uh, in the media, for example, uh, somebody will run on a headline. Uh, Trend X is now running at Y. And here's the reasons why you should be scared about this. Well, dig deeper behind that headline. Remember those five questions. What's this data source that that headline is based upon? How did they load the data into that report? Did they peer review how they done that, what they done? What is the sample size? And what is the before and after conditions? So what is the baseline that they're using as the, the starting point uh, before we arrive at where we are today or where we're going to go tomorrow? Just have that framework in your mind to, to question and not just accept blindly everything. So apart from that, what else did I do this week? Um, I am running late on my 
my podcast for the the leadership series. Um, I've just been flat out this week, to be frank. A lot of it data related, hence my uh, <laughs> my topic for this Friday. Um, so I'm behind. I'm basically behind on podcasting and blogging in general. But I did want to get out this episode uh, on Friday at least to keep that cadence going. Um, apart from that, um, yesterday I decided to join uh, Twitter Blue. Um, so I've <laughs> I've gone to the dark side, guys. Um, but I genuinely wanted to give it a go because I was seeing my all of my key metrics on Twitter, um, not quite tanking, but certainly declining. So for those who are new enough to Twitter, the trend that you will typically see with your account is you will lose followers and you will gain followers. So you have a kind of a, a steady state of, you know, um, attrition, let's say, of, of followers. So you'll always lose some followers. You'll always say something to upset somebody and they'll stop following you. And that's perfectly natural. Um, I do the same myself in terms of who I follow. Um, but what I've observed in the past is that as I was losing followers, I was gaining followers at a faster rate. And the gaining of the followers has just stopped. It's almost just completely stopped dead. And the um, the dropping off of followers has just continued at its natural rate. So the overall count is, is going down. And it's not just on followers, it's also on view counts, it's on engagement, it's on everything. It's it's all just been going down due to the recent uh, algorithm changes when they introduced the, the Twitter Blue service. and. The reason for that is simple. Um, when you're replying on threads, for example, um, Twitter Blue um, will give you a boost. And Twitter are not hiding this. They're very open about it. They're basically saying this is, you know, this is pay to win. You want to get more engagement. You want to get more attention on your replies. Um, you got to pay your, your eight bucks a month. So rather than fighting it, uh, I think I'm coming to the conclusion of accepting it. And I decided I would give it a go for a month, see how it goes, see if I see those negative trends with my own um, statistics um, changing um, and, and, you know, turning around. And then if I see them turning around, well, then I will commit. Um, my basic philosophy with a lot of things in life, guys, is commit or cancel. Um, so I think a lot of people have been canceling their Twitter accounts. I'm not ready to do that. Um, I haven't, haven't necessarily been fully committing either. I've been kind of on the fence and I never like sitting on the fence on any topic in life. I want to commit or cancel. So if I'm not canceling, I feel like I need to commit. And I think this is part of it for me is to see if I commit on this thing for a few months, um, you know, pay the, pay the fee and see if I see my figures uh, starting to go up again, then I will fully commit to Twitter and, um, stick with it and, you know, it's a crazy ride, but um, stick with it for as long as I can or as long as the service is operational. So I will let you know here um, on this uh, podcast going forward if it's been successful or not. Let's see. Apart from that, some media I've been enjoying this week. Um, season two of Foundation has uh, just aired. Well, the first episode anyway. Um, I really enjoyed the first season. I've read all the books by Isaac Asimov. Um, so I rec I like, I like the books. I recommend them. Um, really like season one, really like Jared Harris, really like, um, Lee Pace. I think the, ca the casting is, is spot on. 
the production value is extremely high the the costumes the special effects are superb um so season two has just started and it yeah so far so good and i think if you haven't watched season one this might be a good time um to go back and, and watch it on apple it's uh it's pretty cool and I'd also recommend reading the certainly the first three books of the Foundation Trilogy. Um, there's been some follow-ons that I haven't read, but the, the first three books are very interesting. And I would definitely recommend those as well. Um, apart from that, I just finished reading Longitude by Daba Sobel, um, which is about the invention of a clock that would work at sea to enable uh, early navigators in the 1700s to be able to calculate their position in the world specifically longitude um very 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 interesting read it's a short book totally recommend that one as well guys okay so i will leave it there um i i will talk to you next week as usual i wish you a happy weekend take care bye bye